Hello and welcome back to another week of Ruck Me Dead, the Batuta Advocates Rugby Podcast in partnership with Stan Sport. My name is Wendell Hussey and I'm coming to you after another historic, historic win for an Australian Super Rugby side. It's a little bit different this week though. I'm um, joined by Errol Parker remotely. I'm uh, up here in the Channel Country recording in the Desert Rock FM studios as usual. But Errol Parker down recording uh, the Hateful Eight series down there with Bob Catter a couple of days ago and now I believe chasing some other stories around the region sort of in, in a Queensland sense around that region sort of. Um, so Errol Parker, he's on the line with me. How are you? I'm all right, mate. Yes, I'm down in the uh, in the rugby heartland of uh, the Murray-Darling area uh, down here in, uh, in Mildura. I'm actually uh, cross-legged on a motel bed right now recording this. Uh, trying not to uh, get too much of an echo for you, but yeah, no, just uh, hunting a, uh, an unrelated story to rugby, funnily enough, but you know, I always make time for uh, at least an hour or two of rugby a week, and I bet that everyone who listens to this podcast does too, Wendell. So uh, big week, we've got another win. People said that we uh, couldn't do it, but... I tell you, one person who, uh, who who was obviously very shocked by this uh, by this Brumbies win was uh, basically every person in the Kiwi media. I mean, the headlines coming out of New Zealand after the Brumbies win, you know, they were saying, you know, inside the Brumbies shock win. I mean, like shades of Japan beating South Africa or Ireland yeah. in the World Cup. You know, shades of Leicester winning the Premier League. It was incredible. Yeah, to be you had the to see it team. to believe it. The best team in Australia beat the worst team in New Zealand. Shock. And that's where we're at at the moment in trans-Tasman relations that they are saying over there in the Kiwi press that it's a shock. It was, um, it's ruined the Hurricanes' final hopes, which it more than likely has. But, yeah, it came, came as a real shock. So we're going to rip into that game. Of course, we'll talk about the other games later on, some Wallabies news. But... Yeah, we will start off with that game. The shocking, shocking win for the Brumbies down there in the capital. This for the win. Jordy Barrett nails it and it is away. It's a miss. The Brumbies are winners at home. Their first... Victory in Super Rugby Trans-Tasman and it's come deep, deep into injury time. By all reports, it was a very tough game and it was nice to see uh, mm. to see the Kiwis make a bit of a fluff of things in the dying minutes of the game. But there's obviously a lot of positives that came out of this game and, and um, I'm looking forward to discussing them with you now. Yeah, absolutely. For me... The greatest positive was the manner in which that game was won. You know, the Kiwis have been running up cricket scores uh, on a couple of our teams this year. You could go, oh, wouldn't you rather see a 30-point drubbing of a Kiwi side by the Brumbies? No. 
For me, no. this is the perfect win. The Kiwis missing a kick to win the game because it feels like over the last couple of years, as I've said before, always happens to us. We're always losing. We're missing a kick. Something's not quite going right. We're getting sunk at the death. So for us to have the game there to lose and the Kiwis lose it and us find a way to win. Now I'm saying us as Australian yeah. rugby fans. I mean, I go for the Brumbies only when they're playing Kiwi sides against anyone else. I'm a Reds, Force, Tars, Rebels man. But Brumbies against the Kiwi sides, I say us. And it was great to see us find a win against the Canes. Canes side that really, they came out and they, they gave it their all and they came up against a Brumbies brick wall really for 80 minutes of the game. They did, mate. The forwards really turned up. I mean, look, you've got uh, the likes of Nick Frost, Rob, Valentini and Luke Reamer, mate. They played the whole game and they yeah. played tough. Valentini exhaust, was immense. Exhausting rugby, mate. I mean, there's something down there, you know, in Canberra where they just have such a high standard of match fitness, which mm. I think uh, a lot of other Australian rugby teams are kind of lacking in at the mm. moment. But... That level of like like um, how fit they are in terms of the game, it's underpinned by having so much experience uh, mm. in the back line, I think. Yeah, and, and a system. Eh? They have a system that they play to and a system that works. Is it the milk down there in Canberra that just makes them that little bit tougher as well, potentially? I don't know. Something, could, something mate, in the water. But I, think, uh, I think it's got a lot to do with too. Um, you know, they've got that dry coldness down there mm. where i think if anyone has had the, the misfortune of finding themselves in in particular the north island of new zealand you know home of you know the wet coldness you know the type of coldness that hangs in your soul you know for months on end and yeah and i think you've got that sharp crisp coldness mm. down there in canberra that i think creates tougher men than mm. what you'd get in new zealand yeah, keeps you on edge, keeps you fired up and ready oh, to certainly. go. Valentini, you just mentioned him before. He was he was immense. He was so, so good. I think he is now pretty much locked in to start for the Wallabies in the back row, whether it's six or eight. He's just finding ways to get over the game line every single time he takes the ball. But the thing that I really liked about it is he was matching up against Artie Savea on the weekend. Artie yeah. Savea... Noted, probably one of the best carriers of the ball in world rugby. They love him over there in New Zealand. Hard man. He's like, you know, he's running through defenses, bobbling around, and they just can't put him down. Valentini tagged him all night. Said, righto, Artie, you're the big guy. You're the big dog. Everyone talks about you. And he just went after him. And he he gave him hell all night long. He was just hammering him, hammering him. Big, big shots on. First hit up of the game, Valentini picks Artie Savea out and just runs straight at him. Didn't come up with a great result, but it was a sign of intent that, righto, you're you're the big dog on this team. I'm going straight after you. So I loved uh, loved to see that. Also, Lenny Ikatao, the 13, was really, really good. He scored that yeah. try where he just waded through the defense, stayed balanced. You, you kind of look at it like professional sports people when they stay balanced like that, and you're like, oh, he just yeah. does it easy. But to, to be hit by defenders like that and just stay upright, was good. I think he's thrown his name in the mix again for the. I think he's put his hand up for that Wallabies thirteen jersey again. So, be interesting to see what happens there. Only thing I didn't quite like, he was celebrating the try before he got to the line. No problems with that. Don't mind that at all. Mm. Run it under the post, brah. Yeah. Run it under That's the always, post. I mean, in rugby league, it doesn't really make that much of a difference where you score the try. But look in 
in union, you can't be giving those points away. Exactly. Particularly in this competition. And, you know, that's not to say that Noah didn't have a good game with the boot. You know, he he kicked that conversion earlier on, you know, which was not easy. But look, I'd say if um, Ikatau had, you know, had made more of a concerted effort to get a bit closer to the goalposts, then maybe, you know, the game wouldn't have come down to the wire. Exactly. Maybe mm. maybe the Brumbies would have been able to put it to bed a lot earlier. Yes. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, it wouldn't wouldn't have have been been. a kick to win a game, which, as I said, not complaining about because I like winning them like that. But it could have been uh, a little bit easier for a lot of Brumbies fans. And there was a lot of Brumbies fans that braved that cold, cold temperature that you talk about to get out there and support their team. So I loved seeing that. Brumbies did the Pacifica around a real honor as well. Their jerseys were unreal. I love that. And um, Yeah, I might have to pick one up. Yeah, absolutely. I'll be picking one of those up too. Now, there were some more interesting moments in that match. One of the ones that caught my eye, I don't know if you saw it, was the referee getting real frustrated with the opposing scrums. Brumby's front row, Kane's front row, big boys in those front rows, and they were slowing things down. There was a bit of niggle going on at scrum time. They were chirping into each other. Dane Coles, noted, noted chirper. Probably chirpiest yeah. man potentially in. Well, there is nothing rugby. more chirpy than a front row that's just gone over for a try. I oh mean, yeah, it goes straight to their simple thick brains. You know, just because it's so rare for these, you know, big bulls to barge over and score a try. You, you know, it, scoring a try, particularly for a tight head or a hooker. You know, you you often do see a loose head on the prowl, a la you know Matt Dunning, obviously. But um, <laughs> it just goes straight to their head, and they just cannot stop chirping. And as you said, Dane Coles is a noted chirper, and mm. he went over pretty. It's like the fifteenth minute or something. Mm. He went over uh, not long after Ryan Lonigan did. But you know that I do feel sorry for the Brumbies. Uh, mm front row having to put up with that shit yeah um, he was just, they become bulletproof for the rest of the game yeah okay. he, like, he became bulletproof he, no one could touch him he was on top of the world it was just it was his stage it was Dane Coles's world and the rest of us were just living in it inside Dane Coles's head yeah. obviously and um, so they were niggling each other at scrum time and eventually the ref just he got the shits with him and had a bit of a talking to don't look at me I can't sort it out for you the mark is there let's go oh gee boys it's getting a little bit silly. Come on, Mike. Come on here. There's the mark. You know what to do. <laughs> Dane Coles will stand there all night long arguing the toss, chasing every available inch. And uh, it got me thinking again. I think about this quite frequently, but why don't we just have time off after, like, the first collapse of the scrum? You know what I mean? Or in the final 10 minutes of the game? It's one of those things for rugby, I think, like we're changing a lot of rules, we're sorting things out, we're yeah. working on the game. Can't we just get time off for scrums so it stops this constant resetting shit where you lose three or four minutes because they reset the scrum four or five yeah. times? I think you should just get one warning. Yeah, it's like you just get one warning and it's a short arm. Yeah, Go right. Yeah, I, I don't mind that. Like it's just if you, one collapse, that's it. After that, someone's got to get a result. They did that in the. Waratah's game, actually, the first couple of scrums, there weren't many early on because they were just playing touch footy and just running in tries for fun. But the first couple of scrums, it was just result. It was like penalty, short arm, balls out. It was just no fucking around with scrums, which I know the forwards, they love it. They love it. The front row, the piggies, they live for it. And I'm sure 
there were some ding dong scrum battles over the weekend, and I'm sure all the all the blokes with cauliflower ears this morning are discussing it and analysing it. And they would have been doing it for hours at the pub on Saturday night, going through the dynamics yeah. and the dark arts and chasing the fool's gold, all that sort of stuff. I get it, but let's just like turn the clock off while they do that, or as you said, first reset. Then there's got to be a result because it's one yeah. of those things that it's frustrates just, it me. It just it just takes too much time. I mean, yeah. look, and even. If you have like a bit of a like a hybrid rule, I know that this game's got too many rules as is as it is. But you know, if you get penalised for collapsing a scrum uh, in your half, then it should be a long arm, and yeah. they should get a chance for uh, to take three off you just yeah. for just for time wasting, just for playing negative rugby. Yeah. You know, just make the penalty higher and the problem mm. should go away, I reckon. Yeah, I hope so. I reckon that's a, a good call there, Errol. I just want to say before we move on to the next games, I was loving this Brumbies performance because I kind of thought that's what we were going to get from them for the first three rounds of footy. And yeah. we did. We did get a bit of it in the Crusaders game. But it was great to see them basically just batten down the hatches Whenever the ball's in their own 22, clear it, get rid of it, get rid of the ball, get it down into the Canes half, and then just D up real hard. They played smart footy. They played physical footy. They relied on their big boys. Their backs played really well, took their opportunities when they popped up. It was it was great to see, and it was good to see that we've got a team that can finally, finally adapt to the Kiwi style of footy. Other teams are doing it, like the Force seem to yeah. be doing it as well, but it was good to see the Brumbies go... Righto, we have to do something a little bit different. We can't treat them like Aussie teams. We have to realise what's going on and we have to modify uh, modify our style to that. So they did and we are now two from 20. Another week, yeah. another win for an Aussie team. So things are looking up. Things are looking up. The other they games, aside from the Waratahs, were pretty close this weekend, which unfortunately doesn't really cut it. Close enough isn't good enough. Um, but you know, like they were all entertaining games. Yeah. Except, yeah. of course, for the Waratahs game, which was just you know another out and out thrashing. Considerable time ago, nice pass. Yuani in a gap, away for Nariki with his pace. Jonah Nariki's in again. All ten of their fans who are still going mm. down to the bloody SCG and watching the little. Blue ants getting flogged by some other ants at the other end of the stadium. You can barely see. So look, I don't think there's too much that we can say uh, about this latest Brumbies drumming, other than mm. it is pretty strange how a team can put 23 points on on a team like the Highlanders, but you know when they come up against you know a quality Australian team, they're just getting absolutely poleaxed. Mm. Yeah, they they. It's a weird dichotomy. I mm. I really don't know where to even start. Um, how can you put twenty three points on the Highlanders and they put sixty points on you? I mean, mm. there's almost a hundred points scored in that game. Yeah, it's crazy, and they're conceding on average fifty points. It's like fifty four point five points a game, I believe, uh, in Super Rugby Trans Tasman. The War does. They're just bleeding, bleeding so many points. They're scoring points and they're playing some hot, hot attacking footy, but they just cannot play a defense and I don't know what they're doing. Like Will Harrison there had an unreal cutout ball. Like 
inch perfect cutout ball that hits Maddox and he dances over. Like any further forward or back that ball is and it gets either gets intercepted or it goes behind and we probably can see it a penalty. But it was inch perfect and the Tars score. And the Tars scored some hot tries, but their defense and their strategy is all over the shop. Checker was blowing up Deluxe on the stand coverage about just yeah. what, what they're doing. I mean, I want to know what the Tars are doing after the game. Like, I don't know how they're getting onto the team bus and getting to their airport because they have no fucking idea how to exit. They have no idea how to exit at all. They score a try and then they go to exit from their own 22 straight after the try and the kick gets charged down. They fuck it up and concede a penalty. They turn it over. They decide to run it and knock the ball on or they kick it and it doesn't even go past the 22. They literally cannot exit. Like they do all this work. They score this unreal try and then they just cannot exit their own 22 and the Highlanders just punish them or any other team just keeps punishing them. It's it's so frustrating. You could see Czech getting frustrating. I reckon that would have been an all-time spray from him at halftime yeah. if he was still coaching. <laughs> well, it's interesting to see, though, that the Waratahs beat more defenders than the Highlanders mm. did. Yeah. And the Highlanders missed more tackles. But, you know, they did win more turnovers, yeah. uh, the Highlanders did. But, look, I think really what it came down to is that, obviously, the Highlanders scored nine tries, and I think seven of those were converted. Yeah. which is huge. I mean, that's – I know it's kind of disappointing and it's kind of flying in the face to what governing rugby bodies want, which is more tries and you know, less penalties. But the real way to underpin a victory, is, particularly in Southern Hemisphere rugby, is to build a game around a kicker, and that's what Kiwis have done for Yonks. Yeah. And the fact that Mitch Hunt could score that many points so quickly and mm. so consistently, I think really – was the difference between the two teams. I mean... The Tars were, like, right in it until just before halftime. And then they had a penalty inside the Highlanders' half. They were down 26-20. They'd been previously up a little bit. They're down 26-20, two minutes to go until halftime. They decide to take the points with a minute to go. And you just go, like, they're going to score three points here, but what's the point? Because they'll just concede straight away off the kickoff and then they'll be down yeah. by 10 points. And that's literally just what happened. They can score points and they can do good stuff in attack. They can do unreal stuff in attack. But then they just, like in defense, just make awful decisions. Crucial moments when they just have to <laughs> D up. It's just like, righto, yeah. score to try, next job, exit, reset, get a defensive line going. Just don't just don't concede. Because it feels like... All these games are just repeat. It was like the same thing with the Canes game. Even the Crusaders game, they were close enough there. They score, and the Blues, they score, and you're like, okay, fuck Taz, you're within a try here. Like, hey, this could be like the boil over. The writers at the New Zealand Herald and Stuff.co and all that sort of stuff, like this is full-blown passing out, like fainting, fainting if the fucking Waratahs win this game. This isn't a shock. This is just like wrap-up Super yeah. Rugby Trans-Tasman. The Waratahs have just beaten a Kiwi side. And yeah. then then they just let in a try. Then they just they just switch off. <laughs> someone just misses a tackle or someone just fucking shoots out of the line or someone just puts up a midfield bomb for Geordie Barrett to just go, right, I'm just going to catch this and just stroll through and score. So frustrating, frustrating. But look, at least there are attacks there. And at least it's entertaining. Like they those games... They're reasonably entertaining. There's a lot of tries going on. Ding dong, ding yeah. dong. But 
yeah, a lot of off-season work for the Tars there. But. Well, I think one thing that really um, that tells a picture about every Waratahs loss, which is obviously every game this season, is other teams are very good at forcing them into a penalty. So yeah. I think you know it ultimately just comes down to experience where you've got people mm. who know how to basically force an error. And, yeah. and I think that... <laughs> The uh, poor Waratahs get a lot of errors forced upon them by uh, mm. by particularly more experienced forward packs. Yeah. Um, and yeah, look, I think that's really one thing that they might have to really work hard on is their uh, discipline around rucks and malls in yeah. particular. Yeah, and that it's hard, isn't it? Because how do you it get that hard. experience? How do you get that experience without that experience? And You've yeah. just got to walk this long, hard road of, of absolute drummings and then hopefully yeah. you come out the other side. Yep, as Green Day said, you got to walk that lonely road. Um, but we'll move on to something a little bit more positive. And the force on Friday night there, early on, right in it there against the Crusaders, went down by eight points in the end. They went up early with a pretty hot try. They were giving it to the Crusaders. Obviously, no Richie Mwanga, but I reckon we yeah. just forget that. And we just say the force were 21 points to the Crusaders, 29, and were within touching distance. It's over. The Crusaders win it. But the Force have denied them the bonus point that they wanted. Let's not get away from it. The Crusaders have won the game. 29 to 21. But the Force come out of this with a ton of credit, Justin Marshall. Yeah, I was watching this game actually in the Qantas Lounge in mm. Perth. Uh, just don't let Alan mate, don't, mate, don't no. let Alan Joyce say that. <laughs> no, but like, mate, they like there were people crowded around that television. It was unbelievable. I mean, mm. mate, the game is back in Perth. It's back in WA. It's bigger than rugby league over there, one hundred percent. I mean, it's got a long way to go to pick up uh, some ground on AFL over there. Uh, you know, don't need to spell that one out to you. But look, it's great to see the game getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm. Look, I've been hearing whispers inside the West Coast organisation and particularly in the Fremantle organisation that they are, they're genuinely worried now that the Western Force and Twiggy's boys are coming for them. So I think you're, you're absolutely right about rugby being on the up over there in the West. And performances yeah. like this from the Force, only going to keep that interest rising over there. Uh, ultimately, though, they did fall short. Wasn't a win. Um, feels like... It's a story of an Australian rugby fan's life. Yeah. Almost. Close. Could have been there. But some strong performances from a lot of guys strong there. Strong performances, mate. So, Big Fergus. Lot of, lots of great positive rugby there, mate. I reckon that Fergus today is cutting around Perth in a wheelchair. He put his body on the line. Mate, mm -hmm. he would be as sore as a blind carpenter's thumb this week, <laughs> mate. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, that, uh, he was really, really copying a hammering there and giving out a hammering as well. So it was great to see from Fergus. A lot of other boys stood up as well in the forward pack there in the back line. Oh, heaps. Generally, generally the team played really smart footy. I'm um, going to do my mandatory one-eyed Aussie uh, grab on this area. A couple of things like that were frustrated me. We didn't even look at when the Crusaders seven stripped the ball and then potentially Barrett knocked it on and then, uh, and kicked the ball and potentially Matt Ellie was offside in terms yeah. of that try. I just didn't even look at that. Um, had one, I think we had one look actually on the big screen over there in Christchurch and the 16th man for the Crusaders there said, uh, 
nah, all good. Didn't even, didn't really even look <laughs> at it. And then we're just like straight out, righto, try it, no worries. Then the other try that, that just before half time. So crook in yeah. hindsight now that I'm having to play it back in my mind. I, I really think there is going to be a reckoning one day where, you know, we do have a like an overreaching rugby corruption watchdog that comes mm. in um, on an international level and they go yeah. in there and they investigate, you know, this rot that is happening <laughs> in Kiwi rugby. You know, this it's as bent as a country town, that whole thing over there in New Zealand. I mean, you've got people there it's from top to bottom, mm. you know, it's just nepotism it's just corruption it's just you know people are just being so one-eyed and mm. i'm just you know one day change is going to come to new zealand rugby and it can't come soon enough it's very frustrating couldn't lie straight in bed they're so crooked sometimes and honestly errol you're right international rugby icac now we need it it needs to yep. be uh, needs to be implemented. We need to find funding, and we need to find more funding for this international rugby ICAC than these uh, other state state bodies. Obviously, they're uh, hamstrung a little bit. We need as much funding as we possibly can for this international rugby ICAC. Well, with that latest performance from the Crusaders, I it's only a matter of time until someone goes over there and flogs them. And uh, I'm not sure who it's going to be, but you know, if I was a betting man, I'd probably say it's going to be uh, the Rebels. We're going to mm. go over there. Just moving on to that game, uh, the Rebels and Chiefs, I was really impressed with that. I mean, like, it, the Chiefs were, you know, looking very deadly from, mm. you know, straight out of the gate. But look, uh, the Rebels came back. I mean, power to them. Cooper calls full time. And the Chiefs come away as home winners despite the game being played at Leichhardt Oval in Sydney. Full-time, 36-26. to 26. Yeah, the Rebels came back. They, they played really well. And it's looking like they're actually going to play the Crusaders at Leichhardt Oval again next Sunday because the Melbourneers won't be cleared to go over there to New Zealand given all the... Uh, the Melbourne flu down there in the state of Melbourne, um, they're, they're not going to be allowed to go over to New Zealand. So it, the Crusaders, who obviously want to get that bonus point win against an Aussie side, they'll be coming over and it looks like they're going to play at Leichhardt Oval, which is great. I was speaking to a mate of mine who lives down there in Sydney and he was saying that the West Tigers in the rugby league were playing there and he went to that game and he said it was a pretty decent crowd, wasn't too bad, a lot of people, a bit of a vibe going around. But he said the Sunday game, he went to the Rebels as well, the sicko, and he said the Sunday game just did it hands down. Friday night game did not hold a candle to it all. People everywhere, the streets, like you can walk along the streets up there through kind of Roselle and Leichhardt and all those areas, full yeah. of people, Reds and Chiefs fans just going off, cowbells everywhere. So How apparently an, an incredible vibe down there in Sydney for uh, the Rebels and Chiefs. A lot of cheese, a lot of wine getting around, slightly different to the... Rugby league, um, lots yep. of, obviously, linen as well, you know, all the rugby fans down there. But he said lots of people getting out, so that was great to see. That's great. I did I did like seeing the Chiefs flags, and they must have given them out because it was a home game as well. So, yeah, that <laughs> was nice. But the Rebels Rebels yeah. played good footy. Um, they almost, almost snatched it there. If that try hadn't been disallowed in the last few minutes, would have been a game on there. There were some massive, massive shots, man. Marika Corombete and Izzy Nasirani were running so hard and tackling so hard between them. They must have put on 10, 12 shots in defense and in attack. It was it was incredible stuff. Um, I I hold hope that maybe against the Crusaders, if they can, same thing as the Waratahs, if they can D up 
I hold yeah. hope that maybe maybe they can do something because they've unlocked their attack and they're scoring points through those guys like Marika and uh, Nicerani just running through defences. So if they can just D up and find a way to, to match them in defence, they can definitely, definitely um, trouble the Crusaders. They're at Leichhardt Oval, the new home of uh, Victorian rugby. So... Look forward to catching that one. And Wendell, the next game, I think, was uh, one for the ages, Reds and Blues. And Ruru puts it in the touch. And so ends an entertaining game here at Suncorp Stadium. The Blues march on. They stay undefeated in Super Rugby Trans-Tasman, and they beat the Reds 31 points to 24. Reds, frustrating, really frustrating. A lot of that yeah. second half against the Chiefs in that game against the Blues there. Uh, Jock, I don't know what Saviour World's doing, but Saviour World needs to save Jock from these injuries. They need to, um, need to get him fit because we really... Really missed him on the weekend. Stewart was great. Um, Hegarty getting ruled out last minute didn't yep. help. Reds gave it to him. Reds Reds turned up and they tried, but yeah, just lost a lot of cohesion with Jock and Hegarty out. Uh, Blues obviously came to play, which they needed to do. They need the bonus points. Reds could have, again, one of those ones, close enough, could have won it. Some huge performances from the likes of Dalgunu and Harry Wilson. He was immense. Uh, he's got to be in the Wallabies back row somewhere, you think. But yep. once again, it's just... Not quite there. Not quite yeah, there. Yeah, look, mate, I think you hit the nail on the head uh, in saying that they just lost a bit of cohesion with, you know, a few key players out. And I think scoring 24 points, you know, with that against you, um, against the Blues is, you know, it's a commendable effort. And mm. I think that the Reds should... Uh, there were a lot of positives coming out yeah. of that. I mean, like they've proven that they're able to score points, you know, when they haven't got Jock, you know, they haven't yeah. got other key players and I think look that they can hold their heads high and they can move forward into to next week with a lot of positives. Yeah, it'd be great to see them go out with a win as well. They're over there in New Zealand next week, so uh, it'll be a tough one, but hopefully we can get a couple more. Just a couple more. If we can get to five, if we can get yeah. to five, geez, from where we were three weeks ago, that would um, unfortunately feel like a, a real win. It looks like it'll be the Crusaders and the Blues, I reckon. The Crusaders, Blues and Highlanders are all fighting it out for that. Um, final spot against each other. But Highlanders now have to go to Canberra and play the Brumbies at home in the cold weather. So you'd imagine the Brumbies will stump up for that one again. Yeah. And if they beat them or hold them to less than a bonus point win, it looks like it'll be the Blues and the Crusaders. And then the Crusaders will just go and dust the Blues in the final and it'll be status quo and we'll move on for the rest of the year. Yeah. And uh, I think just before we go, mate, we just need to touch on uh, Wallaby squad about to be dropped imminently. Yeah, uh, you reckon we're going to have any surprise inclusions here? I mean, I don't know. I reckon it'll be interesting. I reckon Lonigan might get in there, the Brumbies halfback. Uh, he'll yeah. be a bit of a bolter, I reckon, but I reckon he might get in there. There's some guys I reckon have to be in there. I reckon Parisi has to be in there. It's been a pretty, pretty average year for the Tars, but he's been unreal, and he's he got does. that attitude that that the Wallabies need really badly. So I want to see him in there. I reckon he does, Fergus. but. I just think on Parisi, I just think it might take him too long to get used to working with, you know, a quality backline. So I think we yeah. might need to um, possibly go with someone who's had, you know, experience getting good ball and, uh, yes. you know, having a decent level of, you know, skill, you know. Yeah, in, yeah it'll like, be quite an adjustment for him running onto a ball that's out in front of him rather than behind him, you know. 
Yeah, and look, 100% should be in the squad, should be training hard, getting used to getting good ball, yeah. you know, and getting used to you know, having some forwards that run with him um, when he makes a break. Um, yeah. But yeah, look, it's a, it's a long road back uh, for mm. Parisi, uh, I think, to, to get into a yellow jersey. But, you, yeah. you know, every road has an end. Yes, and they all lead somewhere as well. So I'm excited to see who we've got in the Wallabies. There should be yeah. some some real reward for performances this year. I mean, obviously we'll probably have 10 to 15 Waratahs in the Waratahs, but I'm hoping yeah. that we can have some more uh, more players from different teams, different regions, a lot of Rebels Rebels mm. guys. Like I'd like to see Leota and Hosea in there. They've been great. Someone like Fergus wouldn't mind seeing him in there. Tony Pulu wouldn't argue if he's in there, if he's not injured. So I'm excited to see what happens there. There's one more round of Super Rugby Trans-Tasman for these boys to put their hands up and perform in, and we'll... We'll be back again next week to talk about all of that and then have a look ahead to the French series, the Tri-Nations, all that other sort of stuff as well. But that's uh, that's all I've got in front of me. Errol, you got anything else you need to get out? No, mate, that's all. But uh, I've, uh, I've just realised that um, I don't have a way to get uh, the voice file of this recorder onto my laptop. So I'll, uh, I'll have to try and work that one out. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Well, hopefully you can find um, some tech whiz down there. They'll be able to sort you out. There'll be plenty going around in Mildura, I'd imagine. No, mate, there's uh, not much uh, actually in Mildura except for uh, dust storms yep. and big and big rivers. I reckon head for one of the local corner stores. I reckon there might be a guy out the back of that who will be able to do a job on um, that card and get it out of there and we can get this episode yeah, mate. Up, uh, and, up and running for the people. Provided he's not at the back coughing out his lungs with this pangolin's curse that's <laughs> around this hellish state I'm in at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's potentially been brought brought up into the town from who buddy knows where. Who knows, mate. Anyway, we'll leave it on that note. Thanks, as always, for your company. We've got another week of Trans-Tasman to come, hoping for two, maybe three, maybe even four. Who knows, maybe even a sweep of wins against the Kiwi sides to round out the, round out the competition. We'll be back again next week to talk about that and looking very much forward to it. Until then, enjoy the footy and we'll talk to you next time. Talk to you next week. See you, bye.